Welcome to Hurt Fantasy Football, where three sisters love to talk about fantasy. Come check us out at HurtFantasyFootball.com and on Twitter at HurtFantasyFB. We're also on ESPNW and Facebook backslash HurtFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Lee. Week two of football, but before we get to the exciting stuff, unfortunately, we have to start our show off with not so exciting stuff. The Ray Rice debacle. It's everywhere, and we too are going to speak of it for just a little bit because it's crazy. Brandon, you want to start it off? Not especially. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's been, um, it's been an interesting few weeks. I think it's... I feel really bad for Janae. I feel bad that she had to relive that video. Um, I hope something good comes from the video where maybe there's a bit more awareness that it's not socially acceptable. It's not okay to hit women. It's not okay to cover up hitting women. It's not okay um, to blame the person being hit. And I think that's what I've been most shocked at is just been the different commentary between some people saying that, well, she attacked him and she hit him first. I'm like, were you watching the same video I was watching? He spit on her. She swatted at him. They got in the elevator and seemed like it was kind of done at that point for her. He walks over to her, spits on her again. She pushes him away. He takes a slug Either, I think I think he missed her. I'm not entirely sure. So then she's like, what the? Lunges after him to be like, you just tried to hit me. And then he knocks her out, hits her head against a railing in the elevator, and then just stands there. Like, and I'm not, I can't say with certainty that, you, you know, that this is not the first time it's happened. But to me, that is not the behavior I would expect to see from somebody who just hit his fiance for the first time, regretted it, couldn't believe he did it. It was very, it, I think that was for me the weirdest part of this video was his demeanor the entire time and just standing out there while the security guards and like kicking her with his foot to try to close her leg. It was just, everything about it was just so disrespectful. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, I mean, it's bad. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I think the whole thing's shocking. I think that the NFL cover-ups, the the part that... Well, I don't think it's shocking. I, let me take it back. Domestic abuse is a huge issue in this country, period. It has nothing to do with how much money someone makes. It's actually quite common. It's, it's sad. And uh, I guess I, 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 my surprise comes in. I don't know what the difference was seeing the tape versus knowing that that's what happened. Because as far as I was concerned, it was very clear back in July that he punched her in the face and it knocked her out. But he he admitted it. No, but he he said he hit her, but he said because he was defending himself that she, you know, was attacking him. There are reports about that, but yeah, I mean, but I don't care what he was doing. He says he punched her in the face and knocked her out. I don't know what people thought that looked like. But I guess, I guess now you know, because that's what I knew it looked like. To me, nothing changed. I'm, I'm, 
a little surprised that there was so much outroar about actually seeing it because to me that's exactly what I thought happened in that elevator even if she was I don't know being feisty or I don't know it's it's the language that people use all the time abusers use that language all the time you provoked me you were doing this or that and so even if that was more prevalent in the video to me it's still a violent act that knocked someone out cold which by the way regardless of whether she was a man or woman is assault yeah. End of discussion. It's assault. I, I, it's a legal definition. So uh, I'm surprised at the outroar uh, now. I, I, I am disappointed. I felt like there was outroar before, though. You know, I think... Of course, yeah. But I think that with the league now is crazy. That's what I mean. I mean, the, the league yeah. and the team all of a sudden being like, well, now that I've seen the video, everything's changed. What changed? Well, because now it's a bigger PR nightmare for them because there's no way Absolutely. to say he was defending himself. Because, again, if you if you have a black belt, if you're in martial arts, you are considered a deadly weapon. You can't get into yeah. bar fights. You are held yeah. to a different standard at that point because you are trained. You know how to hurt people. You know what you're doing. And I'm not saying NFL players are trained to hurt, but these are big, strong, physical athletes that are bigger than, you know, an average man that take hits all day long, every day, you know. And again, like you said, whether it's a man or a woman, you can't, you can't hit people. You can't do it. Yeah. And what's really sad to me is that the fact that for whatever reason, it seems like it has to be now like on tape. You know, the, the amount of domestic violence that is caught on tape is like nil. Yeah. Nil. You know, yeah. I, I used to volunteer in a shelter in college and it's crazy. And these people are tearing Janae apart. And I would have been shocked if this wasn't her response because her response has been very stereotypical victim of an abuser response. They always defend the yeah. abuser they always say this was the first time. They always say, this is my family. Stay out of my life. This is my life. You know, and it became, again, it's because verbal abuse is always the start of it. You know, people don't just hit you out of nowhere. I mean, it's it, it starts with verbal abuse and they, you know, they belittle you, belittle you, belittle you to the point where you aren't thinking in, in a rational state to, oh, I should leave. Because at this point, they've already beaten you down mentally and then the physical violence comes in and, and it's just, it's, it clouds everything. Well, and two, it's just like, you know, he didn't just hit her. I mean, he was spitting in her face. Spitting? That, to me, is just like, this is normal. Like, totally. And he just, uh, right on the casino floor, spit yeah. in her face on the casino floor. And to me, I, 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 too, was done after the first video because that, to me, just showed what kind of person he is. The fact that he just looked at her unconscious on the floor until the elevator doors opened, dragged her out, dropped her like a sack of potatoes, kicked her thigh, threw her shoes, you know, next, you know, on her. It's just like, you know, the, if, if somebody had hit somebody out of self-defense and they were knocked out, they would have, I mean, I would assume that you would bend down, make sure they're still breathing, you know, oh my God, are they okay? Get help. You know, regardless of whether you think you're going to get in trouble or not, that's what people would do if this was a mistake, as he says. You know, you don't just sit there and look at them like they're disgusting. You know, pull her out of the elevator and tell the security guard, oh, she's wasted. She's passed out drunk. 
you know. It's and just, then just, and then you make a phone call to someone to a lawyer saying, "I think I'm gonna get arrested tonight." Right. I mean, I still come back to how did she get um, accused, or what do you say of of battery as well? It's pretty standard practice, actually. I've had I've had girlfriends that have been hit. And they also were charged because until they can determine who was the was instigator, the instigator, both uh. get arrested until they can determine. Which you know it is unfortunate. You both you know because it's very it's very traumatic enough that you just got hit and abused, yeah. and now you're getting you know taken down to jail as well, trying to sort things out. It's crazy. Well, I mean, he was the only one who was indicted. She did not get indicted. He did. No. Well, because they uh, saw that video. And again, anyone who sees that video is not like, oh, he's defending his life. You Come would think on. so. But people were on social media everywhere. I mean, I just couldn't believe the responses of people being like, give him a break. He's just defending himself from her. Blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever. That clearly is not what's illustrated in the video at all. But these, again, are the classic things abusers say. I'm not saying every person who made that post is an abuser, but these are the things abusers say to justify right. hitting people. And, and again, there's no one that's going to sit there and say that you can't defend yourself when your life is in danger. Obviously. I don't care whether it's a sure. male or a female, whatever. You can defend yourself. But we're talking life and death situation here. That, that is not what this was. Yeah, I mean, we definitely hope that both of them get help. But, I mean, the, more, the ending of this story is the NFL has an issue. They are, they hid this, you know? I mean, so many people are coming out with reports that they had the information, they had the tape, they knew what happened, um... And yet this is, they gave him a two-game suspension. Two games. But what's so interesting to me, and and this is going to sound terrible, and I do not mean it to sound terrible, so I will preface with that now. (laughs) Um, But they're a business. They're a corporation, right? And so they made made a horrible decision on the two-game suspension. They had crazy backlash. So, of course, this is when they come up with the new domestic violence procedure. And they had, you know, to now what we know, have already seen the tape at this point. Are they that stupid to think that this tape is not going to be leaked and it is not going to be made public, that they had knowledge to it? Like, they, if they were a smart, they would have gotten ahead of it and said, we saw this, we finally saw this footage. He is now indefinitely suspended. But what they did is they waited it out because they didn't want to suspend this player again. They didn't want to make a bigger PR nightmare than it was. And they hit it up. They hit it instead of getting out ahead of the game and actually doing what's right and creating what what was going to be a decent policy and now it's been clouded with shame because what they all they did was really just try to cover up a PR nightmare instead of saying no it's actually not okay what they're doing is just saying this we're going to put things in place that you think we don't think it's okay well i will say based on personal experience that the old rules of ignore it it's going to go away are not necessarily the right rules and I think that, especially in this day and age, I think I think now it comes to light. It's there. It's permanent. It's on the internet, or it's a video, or it's a whatever, and anyone is going to have access to it at some point. So um, 
There are good and bad things about that, by the way. The good news is that these abusers are, they're going to see the light of day now. It used to be a very easily kept secret. But if your kid decides that with their smartphone they want to record daddy beating mommy, that's there now. Like, literally, we now have ways to catch people doing things we couldn't catch them doing before. And in a way, that could be a big thing. You know, that was one of the things that, you know, a a friend of mine told me that happened at their school is that a kid turned in their dad. And that's terrifying. But at the same time, well, yeah. It was pretty scary. So um, that's going to happen, and people are going to have to see Lem Day. But then also, we, we also just don't have privacy anymore, and I think um, people are going to have to act accordingly. And that means that also, you know, people like the NFL officials need to realize we don't have privacy anymore, and they're going to have to act out. So if you got that tape, Roger Goodell, there's a, there's a trace of the mailing to you is probably you probably didn't just put it in regular you, you know USPS you probably have a tracking number that it got to the NFL etc cetera, etc cetera. that's on tape you can't lie about it if there's a voicemail that's on tape you can't lie about that and that's what the AP say they're saying that there's an NFL number and a woman answered and said it's terrible you can't lie about it it's there but what they're going to do is they're going to say that this woman never showed them the tape and there's going to be some woman there that's going to take the fall, you know. <laughs> that's crazy. That's just it, crazy. Of course like, it's a woman, you know. Like it's just a, of course why it's wouldn't a woman. It, why wouldn't yeah, it be? Yeah, and her voicemail said, "You know, yes, we got it, and you're right. It's terrible, or something along those lines." And they're going to sit there and still say they didn't see it, and that some whoever the woman that left the voicemail didn't show it to them for whatever reason or whatnot, and they're going to try to again put this under the rug and I hope that they've learned the lesson that there's no more you know there's no more hiding things you like can't in this hide. day and age you can't hide and they should have gotten ahead of it and said yes we attained this video but you know yes it's inappropriate yes he is suspended and when they suspend him I hope uh, I don't know the full details but there should also be a therapy program that's mandated whether it was you know because not everything's going to go to court but because now all you, what you're also doing is you're putting that victim in another very dangerous situation, right? You know, you've taken Absolutely. a player and they've lost their job and they've lost their livelihood. And a lot of these situations occur from stress and from all terrible, you know, situations. It's not you're putting them also in danger for another attack. So there has to be a, fo- a actual physical follow-up of we're going to put you in therapy. You have to commit, ther- you know, couples therapy for a year, whether you're in the NFL or not, um, for the safety of the, you know, of the victim. It's just sad me because they really had an opportunity to really make a stand with a good policy, you know, or at least a policy, I should say, that, that was in the right direction. And now, and literally now it's just clouded. Just so. last year, no, it was two years ago, the chief that killed his girlfriend and then killed himself in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. That's not a random story. That's a normal story. That's right. Except he usually doesn't kill himself, but yeah. Because she left. You know? I mean, all these people are like, why isn't she leaving? Why isn't she leaving? Why didn't she leave him? I can't believe she married him. Well, you know what? It's abuse, people. You don't know what goes on behind people's, in people's homes. You just don't know. 
And it's not for any of us to judge, but when it's when it's out there and you have a job where you get paid millions of dollars to be a, a role model of such and play football, it, as they said, everybody said today, it's a privilege. And you you don't get to be part of that if you behave in a certain manner. And, and that, yeah. yeah, I just, it makes me, it makes me sad that, you know, people are going to be affected by this in a negative way that shouldn't be. And I'm not talking about Ray Rice. You know, and, and that's why they have shelters, right? So, because a lot of these women that, that do have the courage to get away have to go to some of these shelters for protection because these men will find them and hunt them down and hurt them even more or threaten to kill them. I mean, these shelters do not give out names. They do not say who is there. They will not say who's been checked in. I mean, they take their family there for protection and it's for a reason. You know, this is, people don't want to talk about it. It's scary. People will see violence on the street and not step in and not say anything, not report it Mm -hmm. because there's still this very weird, you know, belief that, well, that's their business. It's our business as humans to protect other humans. It's our business to foster safety for everybody. Well, and it's not just the NFL. I do, I do say it, it's police enforcement, you know, it's the police uh, yeah. force. It's everyone. They're just not understanding the problem. I mean, if there could ever be a remotely slightly silver lining to this is that at least people are talking about domestic violence. When I first moved to Brooklyn, there was a woman screaming bloody murder in the building next to me going, I mean, like, I thought she was literally dying, just screaming, screaming, screaming. And I lived in a, you know, a kind of rougher neighborhood. It was, you know, up and coming. If you lived in New York, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you know, and I, so I, but it was so terrifying that I called the police and I said, listen, there's a woman, I don't know where she is. She's probably on like the at least fifth floor, between the fifth and eighth floor of this building right next to me. Don't come to my building. Do not knock on my door, but go there. Just look, like, listen, you will hear her. You have to find her. I don't know what's going on. Eventually, the screams passed. It was like an hour later, and I was like, okay, good. Hopefully, you know, everything's okay. Two hours after that, I get a knock at my door. It's the police. Hi, did you call about a domestic next door? I didn't answer the door. I was like, I'm not answering this door. I don't want anyone to think that I called the police. And then I called them and I said, what is wrong with you? It's been three hours. This woman could be dead. I mean, literally, you guys, it's it's like, (laughs) it's such an epidemic. It's like, but those are the women we're not talking about, right? This woman on the fifth between, between the fifth and eighth floor was just left alone screaming out of her window, help me, help me. I mean, like, let's Did you ever let's find not... out what happened? Well, there was no murder reported next door, but I do know that they never made an arrest. Ugh. I have no idea what happened as far as this man or woman. I, I don't know who was in there. I don't know what she was yelling, help me, help me about. I don't know, because it was just screaming. But that's what domestic violence looks like, you guys. It's not always on video. It's not always at a casino. It's not always cut and dry like this. But when it is cut and dry like this and no one does anything, it leaves no hope for the women between the fifth and eighth floor. None. But what is encouraging and promising to me has been some of the player reaction. Because it's very unusual for a player to speak out against another player. And there has been an outpouring of responses from NFL players saying... 
you guys got this wrong. You need to kick him out of the league. I mean, this is a brethren, you know, and even they're saying, what's going on here? Yeah. No. And this is very unlike, you know, any sort of player situation with the players <laughs> union. And so I think that speaks hopefully to that human level of this is bigger than football. This is bigger than, you know, whatever policies they put into place. This is someone's life that we're talking about. You know, and and that could be maybe a very minor, alter, you know, altercation for them. That could have been the biggest altercation. That could have been the only altercation. We don't know. And the problem is you don't know. No. So you have no. to do what is for the safety of both, you know, both parties because you don't know. Because according said, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. And you never will forever know the certainty. I would like to say unequivocally, I'm done with this uh, gold digger talk. I'm, so I mean, offensive. first of all, blaming the victim in general, but the, oh, so if someone's a gold digger, then they deserve to get hit. Like, I, I just, can we just stop? Just stop. It's ridiculously offensive. Just, it's, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because as you said, I don't want to accuse anyone of being abusive certainly but it certainly makes me wonder about you if you're defending this in such an adamant <laughs> bizarre fashion it's funny you mention that right because oh, i have so I, crazy. Ha- I have a date coming up tomorrow and uh i was like i know this is gonna come up and i was like i kind of want to use this as a barometer because if he has a response that is not like my response then i'm not gonna date you <laughs> but you know what i'm saying because it's like that's scary it's a barometer of what your beliefs are, and it's indicative of what could happen. You know what I mean? If that's yeah. yeah. I used to ask people for like cheesecake, but I think that <laughs> that your barometer is probably more prevalent, more relevant, I should say. I'll ask if they like cheesecake after the fact. Talk to right. about Ray Rice. What are your feelings on fruit yeah. toppings on cheesecake? I will is say that, social media has changed things though because it is it is it the is outrage of the people that got this changed because up until a couple of days ago it was just two games and we were all just gonna have to deal with it. I do That's wonder right. at, at some point if Janae will have a feeling, probably not now or, or whenever, but of kind of support that so many people were, you know, so upset for her to be like this is unacceptable I don't know if she'll ever get to that point but there's a lot of growing that has to happen for that but I don't know Ugh. I hope so at some point I hope there's at least a silver lining of we're, you know people want to see your well being it's sad and you know what everybody just needs to look out for everybody else I mean we need to fight this together as you know a united front and um, hopefully everybody in this family gets help because you hate to see their child, you know, go through the same thing in 25 years. So, well, yep. we, were, we were going to do some social media questions, but we ran a little long with our Ray Rice. Uh, we hate you stuff. So we're going to move into Thursday night game, which is Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. Hey. Oh, the timing uh, is so bad. So right? bad. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Well, so are the Baltimore Ravens. But they're going to be playing Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Ashley, tell me who you are or are not playing the Steelers. Yes. 
Um, well, I'm definitely playing Le'Veon Bell, who was on my bench last week, and I'm so mad. Oh, my gosh. My husband was just giggling. Like, oh, 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 this is how I would react Ooh. at this moment Ooh. if Ashley I was actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how it went. Um, I actually was so angry I took a nap because I didn't want to have to watch it. <laughs> it's terrible. But, um, no, I mean, I had Eddie Lacy and who was my other starter? Like, two no-brainers over a Le'Veon Bell situation. But right. lesson learned, I'm playing him this week. Yeah. Boom! He went off for some good runs. He looked good. He looked really, really good. He was the second highest scoring running back with 109 yards off 21 attempts, which is exactly what you want to see. You want to see your running back getting 20 touches or so. That's a good barometer of you know just how incorporated they are in the offense. So it's exactly what you want to see, especially week one. And so I'm really I'm excited. He's got another big big week up against the Steelers. Oh, it's so much better because Pittsburgh came out so bad last year. We were like, who so are these bad. people? You're right. It was like, and what happened to the Steelers? Yeah. 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 I mean, they were fun. going up against the Browns, but yeah. Yeah, hey, the Browns defense is bad. Not bringing the mood, but. Uh, <laughs> Brennan. Just put it out there. Brennan's anti steel curtain. She's not about oh, it. Man. She's, never been, she's never been a Steelers girl. Yeah. Mm, what you okay. need to do is you just need to focus on Tomlin. That's Tomlin. what the focus right. needs to be. But. Never. Brandon's very favorite player, Big Ben. <laughs> She's like, no. I have him in my gut calls this week. He looked he looked pretty good. He really did, you know, and he's been basically out of contention as a fantasy starter for the last couple of years, really. He's been kind of in that backup situation. But in a deep league, I'm saying take a look at him. We have him ranked number eleven. He went twenty three of thirty four for three hundred and sixty five yards. And one touchdown, one interception. Uh, but he was the 12th highest scoring quarterback. So if you're in, you know, a deep league or even just kind of some, some of those are just standard leagues, he's someone to consider. Um, and again, the Ravens haven't looked too great. And I will say he scored more points than Drew Brees, Nick Foles, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Tony Romo, not hard to do, Aaron Rodgers. What about Eli those Manning? Are, those are some pretty big names. Eli Manning. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Uh, but something to consider. Just I'd say consider it. Um, Marcus Wheaton is my other sleeper. He had a nice little week, and I'm glad to see that he and Ben started to actually kind of connect. I was a little nervous because in preseason he was dropping balls left and right. But he came out week one and caught mm-hmm. almost okay. all of his passes. Yeah. So, I mean, he was targeted like seven times, and he caught six of them. So it's pretty solid. He had 97 yards. Throw a touchdown to that mix, and money. So I'm liking myself some Wheaton. And then the bench really is just Heath Miller. You've just got other tight ends that are better options out there. So stick mm. with those. You know, for the Ravens, you know, this preseason, I was like, ugh, Pitta. Pitta. I but there's cannot... nothing going on with the Ravens. So, hey, let's jump on the Pitta bandwagon. It's it, guys. That's all we got to pull for. <laughs> Him and the kicker. So it's really exciting Baltimore Ravens season. Um, but Pitta had 10 receptions, 83 yards. That's, you know, that's, that's okay. He, t- the best part of it is Flacco targeted him 15 times. Targeted so a lot. He, yeah, he dropped some ends, big balls. Fifth, yeah, sure. That sounded oh. really dirty. He dropped some big balls. But some big plays, I should say, he dropped I, the ball I, on. I, yeah, I think it, most people did, actually, with the Ravens. But, you know, it, it's a good sign that they are using him that much in the offense. I like that. 
uh, gut calls. Here we go. Running back confusion. You know, Justin Forsett looked good. Yeah. And he will be he'll be getting the start this week. That's that's far we've heard since Ray Rice has been removed from the NFL. Um, you know, and he's only owned in like one percent of leagues or something crazy. So pick him up, you know, especially if you're in a deep league. Like, why not? Why not? He looked good. He looked shifty. I like Forsett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He had five receptions for 14 yards, rushed for 70 yards, and a touchdown. He looked great. And Bernard Pierce, he had a fumble, and the coaches automatically benched him. Okay, that's fine. Great. I think he's going to get better, and I think that they're going to use him a lot more, and I and we'll see. I, it's going to be a bit of running back by committee there. And Steve Smith, what? Yeah, was great. What? He was great. Yeah. Seven receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. You know, and again, he's only owned by like 40 percent of leagues. So now, granted, like 80 of those yards came on one play. It. You know what? But at least it shows that is he's this a, a deep Debbie Downer podcast here, guys. Gosh, no, I just you know, I, you know, Steve Smith's a weird guy that I've never like loved. I don't dislike him, even with no. the Panthers. It's kind of just like. Nah. Listen, he's got. But a chip I think he's a good. Op- I think he's a good option. I yeah, do think he's, he's got a chip option. on his shoulder, and he's ready to play. Yeah. And he, you know, when he's angry on the field, you've all seen it. Uh, he's not a man you want to mess with. So I'm into it. Flacco is on the bench, you guys. But did I'm you not- see the most like just like that when he just sat there just in such sadness on the field? Yeah. <laughs> it was sad. It was really sad. It was sad. Mm, good luck. Good luck, my friends. Sunday morning games. Here we go. Miami Dolphins at Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I don't know why I like about the Dolphins so much this year. Who knew? It's because you're cocky about your Moreno call. I'm from so June. cocky. I totally am. If by cocky you mean confident and always right, then yes. 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 I would agree with you. <laughs> um, yeah, so again, there's the whole offensive line issues, but no, Sean doesn't seem to have any problem with it, you know, and. Tannehill, you know, has been doing pretty good. He's been opening, you know, it up a bit down the field, so that's also going to help the running backs out. And Noshan was the third highest scoring running back, and he had the most yards with 134 yards off 24 attempts. And he wasn't so, even the starter. And he wasn't even the starter. I mean, yeah, it's it is what it is, people. Jump on the wagon, please. Hop on. You've it's been nice driving here. the wagon. I've been I've been driving all over people in that wagon. <laughs> Right, uh, he's gonna do. He's wagon. gonna do it against next week. He's going to. He's gonna have another good week. Um, Mike Wallace. This is an interesting one for me because I have a love hate affair with Mike Wallace. Ugh. I know because he's that potential guy that I hate so much. But <laughs> but he, he but he did well this week, right? So he's targeted. Um, he got seven receptions with eighty-one yards and a touchdown. He was the twelfth highest scoring receiver. This was all while Revis was covering him, right? Which is no small feat. And this week's up against the Bills, who actually looked good, right? Good. The Bills looked good. Good. I'll get into that. But what you do need to keep in mind is that the Bills did give up over 340 yards to the Bears. And and with four different receivers, that's 70-plus yards. So this bodes well for Mike Wallace to have a second-week performance of doing well. And then we can go back to the ho-hum Mike Wallace is going to blow up my fantasy season. But hopefully not. Not this week. Uh, <laughs> Lamar Miller, I have him in my gut calls. I upgrade him from bench to, gr- to gut calls. 
Only. I know, I'm feeling nice. Only because, for whatever reason, the, the Dolphins are still lying to themselves that Lamar Miller is the starting running back. I don't know what to do to get through to them. I just don't <laughs> understand it. But for whatever reason, he's still in the mix. He's still the starter. He got 11 of the 38 carries, which isn't great. Your starter should have more carries than your backup. Just saying. Um, but they did bring him in on some goal line looks. So that's what has me a little bit concerned. That's why I'm putting him to the gut call. Because if you're in a deep league, I can understand putting Miller into a flex situation because they uh. do bring him in for goal lines. I would not start him as your running back. But if you have a flex and you're in a deep league, I can understand it. I don't like it, but I can understand <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, bench is Brian Hartline. He only had two receptions for 26 yards. That's two points. That's not going to cut it. Grand the, grand the Bills do give up a lot of, you know, points in the air. So there's a chance. But I would expect maybe four or five points, and that's still not going to be starting receiver numbers. So, bench. Uh, the Bills are awesome this year. Nah, I, I don't know if they're going to be awesome all year, but they were lovely last week, and I have to give them some props. My Bills and my Jaguars, in general, surprised me and delighted me. Uh, play them if you got them, CJ Spiller and Fred Jackson. Now, don't be fooled just by the stats. Fred Jackson got ta- tackled at the .5-yard line. Literally, he should have had a touchdown. He would have yeah. had the same stats as CJ Spiller. So let's right. just let's take a moment. Also, he's the captain. He was the one in overtime who did the coin toss he's not going anywhere people so um but i will say that um also he won the stiff arm of the year award i don't know if you saw the 38 yard uh run that almost got the touchdown that made them win in overtime but it was amazing his stiff arm was like straight up 1970s style (laughs) i thought you were serious i was like they give those out (laughs) <laughs> they should. They should. I'm actually gonna that would make... be the best trophy ever, like a huge arm coming out at you. That's it's my so new good. idea. Uh, yeah, Somebody no. make that. Somebody make that trophy, please. I mean, they both caught three passes. Yes, they went to C.J. Spiller almost twice as much in the run game, so that is true, but I think it's going to go off and on all the whole season but they both have enough carries to go around they want to run first so keep playing also dan carpenter um <laughs> just say this... wouldn't you if you had ej ej manual yeah yeah although ej manual was uh, <laughs> he was better he was better he's this my, week he's on my bench this week but yes yes you know <laughs> um dan carpenter did not miss a field goal last week and uh kicked a 50 plus yarders so if you have one of the guys that missed a lot of them last week he might be a good pack pickup. Uh, as far as gut calls are concerned, uh, Robert Woods, don't get all crazy town about stats here. He was by far the most reliable receiver. Um, he was the number one targeted receiver with six. Will, uh, Watkins was targeted four times. Williams two times. Goodwin once. Let's just stop the madness here. Um, he also made some really good catches when he did catch the ball. Part of this is an EJ Manuel problem, which we discussed last week. But still, he's only owned in 1.5% of leagues. If you're in a deep league, you should pick him up. Sammy Watkins, you guys, it's happening. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um it may be their defense, or it may be the Patriots are bad, but Miami looked pretty good last week. So It's a tough call. That's why everyone's kind of in a gut call situation, frankly. 
there are no tight ends, so we don't need to talk about them. And EJ Manuel's on the bench because even though he did get a rushing touchdown, and congratulations, he still is not fantasy start worthy. So. He's, a work, he's a work in progress. He's a work in progress, but he did complete 76.2% of his passes, but he took very few passes. So Now, who was the guy, speaking of stiff arms, because I can't, I can't move past a, the stiffy trophy, which needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think it's call called it. the Heisman. I'm going to call it the, stiff, the stiffy trophy. <laughs> the Heisman has it, right? <laughs> no, this is just a gold arm. Okay, just an yeah. arm. Okay, that's great. all I want. I want a gold arm, calling it the Stiffy Trophy, and it goes out to the best stiff arm. I like it. But who was the wide receiver that literally took the guy's jersey and like flipped him over him? Was it Steve Smith? I think I so. Remember. That's a Steve yeah. Smith move. It is. I mean, Antonio Brown. I mean, kicked it was the punter in the face. It was like, boom! Like totally threw the guy over him and just continued on with his run. I was like, yeah. you are an animal, and that's awesome. You guys saw that, right? Antonio Brown literally kung fu pandering, <laughs> yeah. pandering the like punter. I think that he was, was trying crazy. to jump over him, but he it was, was. so yeah, he was bad. trying to hurdle him, but it looked like he literally kicked him in the face. On my purpose. boss, who knows nothing about football, was like, "Have you seen this?" and then held up a picture of it. And I was like, oh, no, this is so bad that this is what people talk about who don't watch football. Well, because, again, but, it was to the punter, right? Yeah, it's sad. And people think kickers don't matter. Those poor punters. Poor punters. Poor, poor punters. Um, we, sh- we should send him a mug. We should. I mean, that, was br- that was brutal. Brutal for the guy. Brutal. By the way, we have our Her Fantasy Football mugs. If you're watching us on video, there you yeah. go. If you can guess what I'm having in it... I will send you a mug. And yes, I'm talking brand. Nice. Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> at the Washington Redskins. I'm the one who has to order those. I'm like, why don't you just like deliver me? <laughs> they're, they're, they're cute mugs, though. No, they're they cute are. mugs. I will they're order awesome. this one and send them myself. No, uh, no. Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, worst to first. Am I right, ladies? Am I right? Love me some Jags right now. Awesome. Okay, so they totally blew it in the second quarter. Totally I just want to—I want to put this blew. out here, you second guys. Half, yeah. I got excited. The second half was really bad. I watched the tape yeah. because I cover both the Eagles and the Jaguars, and it just—it it all came clear in the second half. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but let's let's be positive. Uh, Jaguars defense. Okay, the Redskins are terrible. Bad. The Jaguars really are getting bad. better. They're not great yet. But the Jags' defense is possibly a real deal. I would start almost any defense against Washington in case you're streaming defenses. But just to let you know, the Jaguars got five sacks, an interception, and two fumbles against the Eagles last week. So it was all in the first half, but it's something to think about. As far as gut calls are concerned, Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns, if you go to ESPNW, you can see a video where I talked about how I believe that Marquise Lee is kind of the better choice in this matter because I think the Jaguars are more invested in him but I like both guys they both did a great job Hearns caught four catches for um, out of eight targets for 110 yards and two touchdowns Lee caught six catches on eight targets for 62 yards if you would have had a touchdown they're pretty much pretty close to even the thing is is that Hearns did not catch a pass in the second quarter so I'm not saying he's an oval tree from two years ago but I am saying it's a thing um, bench warmers, Chad Henney. Although, I would like to say, you heard me. He was much better than you thought he was. He was the 14th ranked fantasy quarterback last week. I want you to think about that if you're in a two quarterback league. And Toby Gerhart is hurt. He sprained his ankle. He kept coming back into the game and he just didn't look good. 
I wouldn't play him until he Who's is... surprised by this? Didn't we say at the beginning of the season that we were not as high on Toby Gerhardt because he has yet to be proven as a running back that can last a whole season? Absolutely. Although this is like he legitimately sprained his ankle. They taped the Jesus out of it. It was completely, it was like a huge ankle of tape and sent him back out. So I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to say I'm, he's a bust, but I am going to tell you I'm not starting him until I see that he's not taped up to the point where he looks like a bowling ball. Oh, oh and Scobie missed two kicks. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. There was a lot of missed kicks and a lot of interceptions. It definitely was week one in the NFL. It was week one, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing more awkward in football than that moment right after the kicker misses the kick, right? It's just like, you've got one job, man. I feel the awkwardness, and I'm just like, this guy is being hated this very moment. And I always think of Ace Ventura and those little football cookies and the hilarious mother. One was blocked. His 39-yard one was blocked, and the other one was 50-plus yards, so I have to be fair to him. Yeah, I, but, I'd agree with that. But And and the block was crazy town. That eagle yeah, was nuts. So, anyway, yeah. just putting it out there. Well, I'm going to have a hard time defending the Redskins. Yep, no need. <laughs> I was just thinking them. when you were talking about, like, who would you rather start want to start defense against? The Redskins or the Cowboys? Tough call. My third choice, the Giants. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, fair. We'll All get into that later, conference. right? Yeah. Man, brutal. Holy bad. Um, so you may be shocked, but I have absolutely no one that's a must start that's a play of the Yacht. No one. I think it's a good call. Because with RG3 still at the helm, I can't, I can't in good faith tell you that you must start anybody. So there's that. But for my gut <laughs> calls is Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, and Alfred Morris. These are the three guys that would be in your must-starts, again, if, and will probably bump back up to that as soon as the Redskins seem to somehow fix some issues. But right now they're my gut calls. Jackson, you know, it was still not the outing that we're hoping for for his first outing. You know, he had eight receptions off nine targets for only 62 yards and no touchdowns. So... My biggest concern here is that he's averaging 2.4 yards per catch, whereas in Philly it was 14.2. So they're not using Jackson in this deep ball threat, which is his strength, right? This is this is why you drafted him. So why are you not incorporating plays that involve 10-plus yard out plays? Because no they answer. have you know, RG3. I mean, that is the answer. That is the answer. That I, is the answer. Well, they need to work that. They need to work it out. I almost Cousins. just cussed there inherently being like, work. Cousins. But. I yeah, made one I, trade before the season started. I traded Pierre Garçon for CJ Spiller, and I'm never going to look back. <laughs> and I don't even like CJ Spiller, but. No, me neither, but ooh. it was still the right move. You know, it's it the same the right thing goes with Pierre Garçon. So he got targeted a little more than Deshaun Jackson, right? So he had 11 targets. And 10 receptions. The good news is that at least they're catching the balls that are actually getting to them. Yeah. You know, they only dropped one each. So that that's a positive. But Pierre Garçon only had 77 yards and, again, no touchdowns. Um, the good news is that they're going up, you know, against the Jags of the 19th, you know, best secondary in the league, I guess. If you want to say 19th is the best. It's very much a middle-of-the-pack secondary. So hopefully maybe they can kind of create some rapport this week. Not going to count on it, but just saying. Alfred Morris. Um, it wasn't a horrible week. 
But the, my big issue is that with you know with the RG issues, you would think they would actually be focusing a bit more on the run, right? Because if you're having problems with RG three, then let, let's get the ball to Alfred Morris and let's get the run game going at least. Well, that's not really been the case, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he only got the ball fourteen times. I mean, he did have six point four yards per carriage, which is pretty good. You know, six point five is good, but they, just, they need to get the ball into his hands a lot more. So until they're getting that ball in his hands more, I can't tell again tell you to have him as a must start. My bench again should be no surprise. RG three, eight points. Not gonna cut it. And then Jordan Reed, he's got a hamstring injury. This is a nightmare for all Jordan Reed owners because the biggest thing you're concerned about is injury. Grand, you were nervous about concussions since he was out all out, you know, majority of last season with concussions. But now week one, he's already got a hamstring injury, and they've actually said it could be some time until he gets back. That's not what you want to hear. So it's time to start looking for another option. Sad day. Dallas Cowboys at Tennessee Titans. Woo, those Cowboys. So good. So good. So good. So and we good. were worried about the defense. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I'll start with the bench because it's the best part. Uh, Tony <laughs> Romo. Aww, oh, man. Romo. He had 281 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Sorry. Is it bad I still feel bad for him? There's something about Tony Romo. which just like, oh, Romo. You know what my last line is, is I'm pulling for you, Romo, to recover. But it's not going to happen this week against Tennessee. It's just not. Nope. Nope. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, and because he played poorly, so did most of the rest of the team. DeMarco uh. Murray, uh, he had three receptions for 25 yards. You know, that's nice for your PPR. 180, yep. 18 yards rushing and a touchdown. Okay. Yay, he won me two leagues. Yeah, Love clearly them. they're going to need to use the running game. So that's wonderful. Which makes me put Lance Dunbar in gut calls. We have him ranked yeah. 44th. Um, you know, he caught three passes out of three targets for 21 yards. That's not bad. And he's available in 90% of leagues. So if you're in a I have league, him ranked high for yeah, most people. I, and, he I good. and I don't disagree with that. Um, but play him if you got him, Des Bryant. Stick with him. I know. I know. I have him too. Um, <sighs> it's not fun, and he was pissed. But the second half, he was suffering from serious dehydration. So hopefully, he'll get that. Which is weird. Get, yeah, get that together. Um, and he won't be as bad for this game. But Tennessee's defense looks good. So it could be kind of another tough week. Dan Bailey, the kicker, play. Terrence Williams, we have him ranked 40, 41st. I don't mind putting him in a flex position. He had four receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. I'm okay with that. Yep. Jason Witten, we have him ranked 16th. Ugh. Ugh, I don't even know what to say about him. <laughs> it's Romo. There's, it's Romo. It's Romo. Yeah, it's Romo. And if I have nothing you know, to say about Witten. He was targeted in the end zone, which is good. So, I mean, if he would have caught that, it would have been a different game. You know, unfortunately, the defense caught it, and that that's what happened. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully the Cowboys will get together, Roma will stop making mental mistakes, and we can move on from this. Yeah. Well, I'm going to move on to Tennessee Titans because I am jazzed. Yay. I have Jake Locker in three leagues. I'm into it. I so yeah. I have we have Locker ranked seventh. Um, you know, is Locker? You know, Locker's not a guy that you will see in a must start section every single week, unless this play is consistent. 
But he's definitely right now a strong matchup guy, and this is a fantastic mm-hmm. matchup because the Cowboys' defense is, you know, not really a defense. I don't even it's, care if the Cowboys have, like, a good matchup. I'm still going to rank them 32nd until, like, they, like, prove they can do anything. That's that's my it's, opinion. It's, it's rough. Which, you, know, I mean, you didn't say that I ranked Tony Romo 30. I ranked Eli Manning thirty one and then Sean Hill thirty two. And in, until things change, I can I'm doing it as a statement that you cannot start these people. And Sean Hill's not even playing. He's so, injured, yeah. Yes, yeah, so is lucky, he out officially lucky, or is he questionable yeah. still? I thought it was out for four weeks, but I'm not sure. I believe he's out. Um, yeah. But then Locker, that's gonna he scored, change. Yeah. He scored Austin the eleventh most points. <laughs> <laughs> He scored the eleventh most points. Um, sorry, he's yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and he just, you know, I think he's gonna do really well this game. I think this is a really good week to play him because again, you you picked up a guy like Locker on your bench for matchups like this. This is why you picked him up. That's right. So play him, play him this game. Titans defense, we've been ranked eleventh. Damn. Um, they were the fourth highest scoring defense last week. And the fact that they were playing against Tony Romo, who is like passing on interceptions like candy, means nothing but good things for the Tennessee Titans defense. Start them. They're going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Delaney Walker. I'm super jazzed for Delaney Walker this week as well. I have a ridiculous amount of must stars right now for the Tennessee Titans, but it's happening. So, Delaney Walker. <laughs> I mean, we all watch that game. It is brutal. And, you know, Locker, well, Walker's a guy that Locker likes to look at in the end zone. So he's not a big yards guy, but he is an end zone target kind of guy. And, you know, the Cowboys are the second worst team in defending tight ends. Right. That is awesome for Delaney Walker. Um, you know, so I think you get the picture here that you need to start him. And I'm talking like the big, huge Megatron Dallas style screen picture of him going into the end zone. You need to play him. My gut calls are Kendall Wright and Justin Hunter. Um, Kendall Wright did score a touchdown, but he only has six receptions on 46 yards, um, which you would expect a little bit more from your top receiver. And Justin Hunter actually had more yardage. He had 63 yards, but only three receptions. So it's kind of a back and forth here, and I think it gets a little complicated because you're not really going to be quite sure who's going to get the looks that week. But again, they're playing the Cowboys. So depending on who you've got in your lineup, not bad gut call options. And then my bench is both Sean Green and Bishop Sankey. I can never say his name. Bishop Sankey. It's because of the weird name together. <laughs> um, Green had an okay game. He rushed for 71 yards on 15 touches. Um, but again, you need more than seven points from a stud. You can't, you can't have that as your starter. And Sankey, I, you know, he only had six carries for 25 yards. Heinous. Put it to rest. Put it to rest, people. Green is for sure the starting running back right there. If you have Sankey, I would recommend dropping him because he's not going to get enough touches to make him worth a spot on your roster. So, Wow. Out. Out. Bold, bold Arizona, statement on Sankey. I like it. Arizona Cardinals at the New York Giants. Boom, 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 boom. Cardinals. Hey, what? What? Mm, minus the Ellington. I'm going to say he's playing an hour before the game, whatever kind of stuff. Carson Palmer. Hey, we've got him ranked ninth. And why not? He had 304 yards passing and a touchdown. Okay. I love me some Palmer. I do. And he, he ran. Good. I, he moved. And I would have never thought I would have seen something like that out of Palmer, but he did. He moved. I mean, he looked like our dad moving. 
That's, I mean, no, Brandon, that's beside <laughs> the point. All right, that's beside the point. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. He's he had twenty nine yards show. rushing, but with how much he was moving, he must have ran at least a hundred yards laterally. I mean, <laughs> it was just it was too bad that lateral moved, doesn't count. Too bad, but he moved and he didn't he get he didn't get tackled as uh, sacked as much as he should have. So hey, I'm that's okay true. with it. Um, Andre Ellington, we've got him ranked tenth. Play him. Uh, Michael Floyd, oh, I love him. Five receptions, 119 yards, and, and two yards rushing. I had to throw the two yards rushing in because that's fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yes, 63 of the yards came with one pass, but that's, you know, we move on. That's what he does. He's, oh, he is a Deshaun Jackson. He is, that's what he, that's what he does. Larry Fitzgerald, sad story. Hopefully they um, get him the ball a little bit more. I'm still playing him. I still love him, and I think Palmer has no problem throwing to him. The defense we've got him ranked. It was a weird game. The defense we've got him ranked fourth, and uh, they probably should be ranked one because they're playing the New York Giants, which you know Mm. they're really bad. Yep. Really, really bad. Keep your eye on John Brown. He got, he got, you know, two receptions. You know, he might be a bigger player play for the Arizona offense than we know yet. And if you picked up Dwyer, don't forget to drop him. It's over. Um, <laughs> the New York Giants, Rashad Jennings. We'll start there because that's the only nice thing to say about this team. Yeah, that's it. Uh, four, four receptions for 50 yards. PPR, yes, please. 46 yards rushing and a touchdown. Okay, great, 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 great. Um, and then, you know, it all goes downhill from there, really. Unfortunately, Eli Manning mm. felt like not throwing the ball to Victor Cruz or Ruben Randall. Mm. So uh, their stats aren't even worth me saying out loud. They've got to figure that out. They've got to figure that out. You know, Victor Cruz is strength 34. For me, I would rather watch him explode on my bench than play him and him score me two more points. Like, I can't do it again. I'm, I'm waiting till this game improves. And Larry Donald, hey, tight end. Eli's got to throw it to somebody, and why not dump it off to the tight end? So he might be the best pick up for the Giants all season long. And so, Other than Rashad Jennings, obviously. Well, everybody already owns him. Yeah. So you can't pick him up. Hopefully not. Or I want to be on your fantasy team. Uh, we got the New Orleans Saints <laughs> at the Cleveland Browns. Great. I'm so glad that I have both these. Um, so I, I'm going to make this very quick because uh, the Browns and the Saints have the same record, and this will be the only time all year you can say that. Uh, Pierre Thomas and Mark Ingram are must-starts. Uh, so uh, the reason why they don't, they're must-starts is because the Browns gave up tons of points to both, not only Le'Veon Bell, but LeGarrette Blount last week. You can run against them. You can catch against them if you're running back. You have to start both of them. Last week, Ingram rushed for 13 times for 60 yards and two touchdowns. But he only had one reception for one yard. Gotta love that. A little for for uh, posterity's sake. Uh, and then Pierre Thomas rushed seven times to 31 yards, caught seven uh, of his six targets for 58 yards. You can start both. Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham, let's just, there's no crying in fantasy, okay? Let's nope. just move on. They're no. great. Instead, there's napping. 
Right. Yep. There's nap, some napping. Nap, nap when your players are not doing well. Right. Yep. Just 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 take a nap at about 3 p.m. Uh, <laughs> got calls. Kerry Robinson, oddly enough, has, he carried the ball six times for 28 yards and also had a touchdown. Uh, there's a possibility he could do it again. If you're desperate and you're in a deep league or like a best ball league, we're, on, we're in all sorts of weird leagues where maybe he would be a play. Fine. I won't hate you. Also, uh, Brandon Cooks, welcome to the NFL. You're welcome. And Marcus Colston, whoa, fumbles, drops, weird things were happening. He still ended up having a decent game, five catches off of eight targets for 110 yards. But anyway, they're both in the gut calls. You can play them. New Orleans Saints uh, did not look great against Atlanta. I think we could say that minimally. <laughs> um and they only had one sack and allowed 37 points. Now, the Browns are not Atlanta. Newsflash. No. So, but I still wouldn't play them until they prove themselves. As far as the Browns, thank you, Browns. You left one quarterback in for the whole game. Quite an improvement. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But there and he no- looked better the second half. Absolutely, he did. Absolutely. And you know what? But there are no must-starts. Ben Tate and Jordan Cameron are hurt, so no go. Ben Tate's out by the way. Let's Out. be clear. Out. Uh, Isaiah uh, Crowell and Terrence West are probably going to split the carries. So I don't love either of them, but I don't hate either of them. Crowell was the one with the uh, touchdowns. Terrence West was the one with the workload. So, um, you know, Terrence West actually had the most workload out of everyone. 16 times he rushed for 100 yards. Crowell only rushed five times, but he got two touchdowns on the five. So mm. there's that. There's that. Yeah. So Andrew running Hawkins, back nightmare for fantasy owners. Running back nightmare. Although I do uh, ironically have Fresh Isaiah Andrew. Crowell on a, in a league where I have Ben Tate. I don't know how that happened, but I'm into it. Uh, Andrew Hawkins is the guy you want. He has he got nine targets, which led the team, and everyone else is a bench warmer because what? 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 New England Patriots zero and one at the Minnesota Vikings one and zero. Woo-hoo. Nice. Oh, I, I just I like love the Vikings. I can't get over it. I've been on this bandwagon for a while now. I just okay. Let's talk about the Patriots, shall we? Um, Julian Edelman. We Man, called it. He was he was a machine. I just like loved it. Six receptions for 95, 95 yards, but it was the two times that he rushed for twenty one yards that made me just giggle. I just loved it. it Rob Gronkowski. He's good to go, guys. If he's in, he's in. I mean, who who do you know who only plays half of the snaps and still has forty yards and a touchdown? Not that many people. Uh-uh. Steven Goskowski and New England's defense are also in the must-starts. Gut calls Tom Brady. Well, I feel like we're going to hear that a lot this year. Um, um, yeah. Man. Yeah. And I have Shane Vereen in gut calls, even though we have him ranked 27th. I don't know. Minnesota was really good against the rush last this last week against St. Louis with both of them. Both running backs together, I think, scored 10 fantasy points or something. So... It might not be as good for the running backs, and that's why I have Stephen Ridley on the bench for them. But the Minnesota Vikings, AP, I love you. 73 yards rushing, 18 yards receiving. Uh, You know, but the best part about AP is really that this is now an offense. It's not just APs, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. football team. This is an offense, and and defenses are going to have to respect Patterson and Rudolph and, and... 
take away a little bit of Peterson's protection. So he should be doing just fine this game. I like him. I like Patterson. I like Rudolph. Um, I'm into it. They're Blair Walsh, also the kicker. Great. Gut calls Greg Jennings. He's yeah. good. He had 58 yards and a touchdown. What? What? My bench was amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. I really, I mean, I'm so good so at late drafting. Carson was like, Brandon, you are the best round 10 through 18. I was like, yes, I can find those people. But my studs were like, meh. Meh. It was, yeah. yeah. No, they were good. They were good. I mean, he was, was, yeah. And and this is going to be the same thing with the Patriots. The Patriots only have so many weapons to cover so many people. And Jennings gets kind of forgotten about. So, you know, all you need him to do is have two receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. And he has done his job. So, bench warmers, uh, Matt Castle. Mm, He had three yards rushing just for a fun fact. It's fun. Well, we'll move on to the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> at Cincinnati Bengals. How about them Falcons? Good. Start Welcome back, boys. Welcome back. How long will they stay healthy? Taking bets. I feel okay about <laughs> it. You know what? And Matt Ryan, beast. 448 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yes, please. Yes, please. Two thumbs up for him. Um, you know, and the, the Bengals were just, they're just kind of a so-so team defending quarterbacks, so he could have another huge week this week. So love me some Matt Ryan. Roddy White had a touchdown. Julio Jones threw up, what, 116 yards. Um, Roddy had a 17.72% of his targets. Caught, you know, 72%. So both receivers are looking solid. Feel good about both of them. Uh, my gut calls uh, is all the Falcons running backs. I'm now lumping them in as one person. That's happening. It's so sad because I want you to say Jacquees because it's the best I, name. I know. Well, Jacquees, yeah. But, I mean, Antoine's Smith had 11 points. Jacquees is better. You're thinking, you're thinking <laughs> Joik, Um oh, That's what I am thinking. Yeah. You're thinking Joikwee, Joik Bell. Too much. We'll get to, we'll to Joikwee later. But uh, <laughs> Anton Smith, he had 11 points. You're thinking, who is he? Exactly. That's my point. Jack Wiz Rogers, nine points. Steven Jackson, who is the starter, only had five points. Devontae Freeman, who's alleged this prodigy child, only had two points. They're all useless. Useless. All a big committee. It's all too much of a risk. <laughs> Do not even remotely think of these guys unless you are literally stuck and you need someone for a flex roll. Seriously, waste of your time. Useless. Lump them on in with the Saints running backs and the, you know, the Panthers running backs. Game over game over and i got no one on the bench other than them other than my game over people you know i wanted to take some time at the beginning of the hour to talk about um a positive thing out of the nfl which is mr stills for the cincinnati Bengals. it's just so so cool it's a great story a sad story um but his daughter was diagnosed diagnosed with cancer i believe and um he's mentally wasn't in the game they cut him they put him on the practice squad um, now he's on the full 53-man roster, so he can have you know health insurance for um, all the medical bills. And he said all of the proceeds from his jersey sales were going to go to um, the hospital there in Cincinnati, and it was the number one selling jersey in 24-hour period that Cincinnati's ever had. Ever, so, yeah. Yeah, and so it's, it's, it was pretty amazing. So I want to applause, applaud the city of Cincinnati and other Bengal fans uh, that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. And you so, can only get the jersey through 
the Bengals. You can't go to like a sports authority or, you know, right. uh, a Dick Sporting Good. You can only get it through them. So that way all the money does go to the Cincinnati Children's Hospital, which is a fantastic organization. So, yay. Aww. Positive story in the NFL this week. It's That's nice what we hear. should have spent 25 minutes on. But yep. Damn it. Uh, also you slightly find... depressing, kid with cancer, though. So, it I mean, is, it not... is, it is. It totally, you know, all of it's really sad. But um, Gina, Giovanni Bernard, hey, at the last point in the season, Bernard is going to get the ball a lot. You know, I, I last week he gave you a decent 11 points. So I'm okay with it. I'm not mad. I'm playing him. I'm playing A.J. Green because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Cincinnati's defense mm. is ranked fifth. <laughs> okay. Uh, last week they got three sacks, an interception, a fumble recovery. I don't know. I mean, it just sounds good to me. Sounds really good. Got calls. Andy Dalton. Ugh. I just, I can't help it. I can't, I can't help it. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. And he should Carson be yours too. I almost died when they made that big pass at the end of the game. Because oh it gosh. saved both of our fantasy seasons. We Absolutely. just like two AJ left Green. up and we were like, yeah. oh. But those are the moments the that always, the Bengals but they do give that you. Every game. Yes, yeah. those every are game. the moments the Bengals give you. It's just, I mean, he had 301 yards and a touchdown. It's just what they do. It's not and lucky I, if it happens every week. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And, that's what and you're saying. I feel like this is going to be a bit of a shootout. So I, I'm on the Andy Dalton bandwagon as well as Matt Ryan. Um, and then also some gut calls is Jeremy Hill, Mohamed Sanu. I'm, I, you know, he did... Yeah. Get a two-point conversion. That's going to help everybody's fantasy team. And for now, I have Jermaine Grisham on the bench. So Where only had two catches for 16 yards. So. Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers. I see why you liked covering them so much, Courtney. And they're even more fun this year. I know, right? Calvin Johnson exploded. Huge. Not that it's surprising, I right? I mean, he had I have to say this to you. I was playing Brandon this week, and Brandon, I was beating her by like 30-some points, and we only had one player left to each. But because it was Calvin Johnson left, they still gave Brandon like a 15% chance to win. And it's yeah. just because he is a freak. He's a monster. He's the best. He really is the best. He is, he is the best. I mean, he had two touchdowns and 164 yards, and these were like deep ball you know, down the field throw. The knees were awesome. Him and Stafford were connecting amazingly all games. Stafford, we got ranked number five. He's got another solid game this week. Um, Says Megatron, you're always playing him, period. But this week just confirmed exactly why you play him. Gut calls, Golden Tate, who I would borderline bump into my must-starts at this point. Um, He's going against a pretty stout secondary. So I guess that's the only reason I have a slight pause, but I don't want to pause too much because he did have 93 yards on six receptions. So he's he's being really productive with the balls that he gets. And he's just he's just a different player this year than last year. The Lions are doing him well compared to the Seahawks. So I'm liking it. Drake Bell is also in my gut calls along with Reggie Bush. Again, you know, Bush only scored five points. Um, he's virtually absent the second half. You know, we found out that he actually was injured with his knees. That would maybe explain the lack of production. So definitely be look on the lookout for whether he's full strength or not. Joyke Bell or Joyke Quee, as Courtney likes to call him. Uh, he had more attempts. He had 15 attempts and he had 51 yards. Um, and he scored a touchdown. So it's, it's, you know, it's tough to say. But the Panthers are the seventh best defense in stopping the run. So this isn't going to be the best week they've ever had mm. by any means. 
but so it's, it's a gut call. I mean, you probably don't have a whole lot of better options anyway, so think think flex. And I've got no one on the bench because it's the Lions, baby. You play right. them all. Play them all. And you know what? This might be a low-scoring game, which would be kind of depressing, but who knows? If anybody's going to break out, it's probably going to be Calvin Benjamin because this rookie can play. Mm. Mm, I love him. 92 really yards good. and a touchdown. I'll take that. And now that Cam Newton's in because he didn't play last week. I'm really excited for both him and Greg Olson, who I also have as a must-start. Woo! In- including, yes, yes. He was so good yards. last week. Oh, my God, 82 yeah, yards so good on and a bench. touchdown, eight, eight receptions. It just, you know, love him. Mr. Wow. Consistent continuing. He had more uh, points than Gronkowski, by the way, because I started Gronk being like, oh, Gronk's playing, I'll play him. Olson, four more points than Gronk. Frustrating. Well, Greg Olson is the number two wide receiver, or receiver, I should say. You know, he's there's only two people to throw to there. So, yep. I mean, yeah, he's going to be getting a lot of passes. Gronk's only playing half the game, so they can keep him healthy throughout the season. So it's kind of like a, what you know, juggle juggling act there. Um, defense is a, is a play. Gut calls I've got Cam Newton with this injury. I'm not, I'm not sure um, where you're going to be with that. D'Angelo Williams, he looked good last week. He had 14, carried the ball 14 times for 72 yards. I mean, that's pretty good for him. Yeah, that's if true. you're desperate, um, and I got on the bench, I've got Stewart and Tolbert. Bye. Always and forever. Always, Always and forever. Always and forever. St. Louis, <laughs> St. Louis Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> we hadn't done a song yet, so I'm glad somebody busted in. By the way, did you guys see the t- uh, Taylor Swift uh, comments that are veiled? Like I hate Katy Perry the moments. No. Anyway, she did an interview for Rolling Stone and, and basically said, I thought we were like, I didn't know if we were friends or not friends. And then I like, she did something that I was like, oh no, we're straight up enemies. And then I was like, oh, frenemies. And then I'm like, I wonder if Calvin Benjamin and Brandon Cooks are frenemies right now because they're competing for offensive player of the year already. And it's week <laughs> one. Do you wonder? Yeah. Like literally it's just them, right? Like they're the only two. Right. For rookie yeah. of the year? Yeah. Literally, yeah. it's week one, and they're the only two people in contention. I'm just putting well, it out I mean, there. You never, you never know. Menzel may make a make a push here late. Stop I'm it. Stop. I'm joking. Oh, my God. I shouldn't God. even brought him up. <sighs> Instead, let's talk about the Rams, huh? <laughs> yeah. Karma you comes back. Through, you can get through this fast. Quick. Play if you got him. None. Zero. Good calls. Brian Quick, and that is borderline. We have rank number 59. And when I say Offensive. gut calls, I am talking like a seriously deep stomach ache kind of gut call here. <laughs> yeah. um, seriously, he was the only redeeming factor. He did have 99 yards, off, you know, um, which is great. But Stop. the problem is that we got Hills out with, with a quad injury. So Aaron out's not really going to be an option. You know, they're now on their third string quarterback and we're in week two. You know, um, <laughs> you know what? Red, they should trade flag. for Kyle Orton and give him an extra million dollars a year. Right? You it, know? it might happen. It might happen. <laughs> Maybe Tebow's making a break in. Who knows? Some guy but... got up in my craw about Brian Quick this week on Twitter, and because I, I was like, there is no one on the St. Louis Rams that you need, and he was like, Brian Quick, Brian Quick, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? He really? had a good game, but who's one game? The ball? Exactly, like, it's been one game. Stop you need it. him. Stop. No. He's no. in that gut call because I, I can understand Stop. if you want if you want to throw a flyer on him, but again, you, you can't have like seriously high expectations when they're on their third string quarterback here. Let's just, let's just be very clear on that. Um, and then my bench warmers, 
Ugh, this is very sad. And by the way, if anyone knows comfortable earbuds, please let me know. I'm on my fourth pair of earbuds, and I hate them all. Anyway. Um, totally a random sidetrack there, but they're really hurting my ears. So, so <laughs> I did. I just did a call up for someone to give me like a Yelp review on an earbud. It's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Zach, Stacy, and Benny and Cunningham are both on my bench this week. Of course they are. Um, it's bad, right? Because you know, Z- Stacy only had four points. Cunningham got five points. Like Courtney said, it's under ten for two running backs combined. And the Rams have gone on to say that they're going to play the hot hand, which is never good news for anybody, especially if you're in a possible committee situation. So it's, mm. it's not positive for anybody. And then, unfortunately, the, like one of the brighter lights is the Rams' defense, but I can't even tell you to play them, even though we have them ranked fairly high, because my issue is is there's no point in being a good defense if you have a really, truly terrible offense. Yes. Because when you have a really bad offense, no matter how good your defense is, you're on the field too much. You are on that field too much to lose points. You're tired. You're not getting rest. You don't have fresh legs. It's just, it's really hard to be as good of a defense as you can be when you don't have an offense to back you up. So that's my issue. You can't really play them until they prove they can do something different. Tampa Bay Buccaneers... I've got a similar situation here with Vincent Jackson, oh. right? So it's really hard for me to put in my gut calls because, again, I've got plenty of out of nobody. But my gut call is Vincent Jackson. I mean, he only caught 44% of the balls thrown his way. I mean, he only had four catches for 36 yards. These are not starting numbers here, right? And unfortunately, the Bucks were, like, imploding. So it's hard for you to start anybody with any sort of confidence. I would say the same goes for Mike Evans. Again, it all rides on McCown if he can kind of semi-pull it together. They did better the second half, but it's, it's still a little rough. It's rough there. So uh, my bench warmers are Bobby Rainey and Doug Martin. Again, slightly not favorable because Doug Martin's ranked 11th. I have him on the bench because he went out with an injury. Already, again, problematic red flag here because he was out all last season. It is a different injury, but still a little bit scary. And Rainey didn't do much with what he had. I mean, he had four touches for 12 yards. I mean, well, it's not really going to do much for you. So um, I guess I would just say look for somebody else because you're really not quite sure on either one of these guys this week. Boom. Seattle Seahawks, San Diego Chargers. Let's keep this simple, Okay. I don't know how they do it. They're the new voodoo people, but somehow Russell Wilson is always a top 10 quarterback with minimal stats. It's because he doesn't mess up, but it is true. And we need to just absorb it and accept that he's a top 10 quarterback, whether you like it or not. 191 yards passing doesn't sound good, but two How do you passing get a top touchdowns under 200 yards. It's just, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It but me. two it touchdowns and zero turnovers, me. and then rush for 29 yards. You guys, I can't make this up. I, I'm sorry. The, the Seahawks are really good. They're the best team in football. Fact. Right. Uh, Fact. <laughs> It is. It just right no, now they are. Bad. I don't think there's anyone even close. No, that's an the Broncos opinion. Broncos are close. Yeah, I think they're Broncos close, but their second that's their second half their second half was an implosion. It's the Colts, but anyway, we can get into that later. Uh, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch is a beast. Beast mode. What are you talking about? I'm done. Percy Harvin, if he can stay healthy, he's a must start, but. Just keep your fingers crossed. That's all I'm saying. And Seattle defense, clearly. Steven Hauschka, my lover. 
Uh, no one's a gut call. You're either playing them or not. However, I will say the guys that are fine or you're in a deep league and you're desperate and you have a bit of a dip it. Doug Baldwin, okay. He didn't have a great game this week because they went for this guy named Ryan Lockett, whatever. And then Jermaine Curse, he's another guy. I wouldn't deal with any of them, but I'm just putting it out there. Zach Miller, it is what it is. Benchwarmers, none, though. They're either mediocre or must plays, but there are no benchwarmers. San Diego Chargers, <laughs> the opposite. I don't think I'm ever going to really encourage you to play anyone against these Seahawks, away or home frankly. But San Diego Chargers are at home, so I'm going to tell you that Ryan Matthews is acceptable because he is the number one back there, no matter what we all try to say or do or what have you. He rushed for 40 yards, one touchdown, caught two passes for 20 yards. It is what it is, but he only averaged 3.3 yards per carry, and he's going up against Seattle. It's a thing. Malcolm Floyd, welcome back. My sleepers were on fire. On fire. I was like, I should have played all my sleepers and sat all my studs. It was totally against all logic. But um, anyway, you know, six targets, four catches, 50 yards, one touchdown. Thank you. Keenan Allen, listen, he had Patrick Peterson on him all night, and he still was decent. Five catches for 37 yards, which, frankly, Patrick Peterson, all up in your business, it is a thing. He'll be better this week because it's the reverse defense. The Green Bay Packers figured it out. What they did was they put Jarrett Boykin on Richard Sherman's side of the ball all night. That's how Jarrett Boykin had zero passes. It's called reverse defense, and it's kind of brilliant. And they're going to do that this this week as well, and they're going to put Eddie Royal on Richard Sherman. Thank God, because he's my number one bench warmer of the week. That guy <laughs> dropped more passes than I would if I was running around with a blindfold. I don't know what was going on. I can't handle it. And on that same note, Philip Rivers, I'm not quite sure after seeing Aaron Rodgers against Seattle that I'm ever going to start a running back or a quarterback going against Seattle. But Philip Rivers had a weird night on Monday. He's going to have another weird night on, with Seattle. Then we'll move on and we can start him. Boom. Nice, Brandon. Nice analysis. Houston uh, Texans at the Oakland Raiders. Kind of digging the Texans as well this year. For now. For Fitzy, now. But, your boyfriend. I know. My bearded wonder. I love him. But we're talking about Arian Foster instead here on in our play if you got him. We got him ranked 12th. This could be a huge game for him. They're going up against the Raiders. So, again, you basically play anybody going up against the Raiders. But last week, he had 29 carries for 103 yards. He's getting, like, crazy workload for one of the old gear guys in the league. They're clearly not concerned about it. He did well with it. You throw a touchdown in there, and you've got an enormous game on your hands. And the Raiders give up the fourth most points to running backs. This is a win-win all around for Arian Foster. Andre Johnson. Um... He did okay, but my, my, what I like about him is he gets 40% of the attempts. Literally 40% of all passes on the Houston Texans go to Andre Johnson. That's what you want to see. He had 93 yeah. yards on six receptions, so that's good. You know, it's not Andre Johnson amazing numbers, but that's still good numbers comparative to anybody else right now. So the fact that he's up against the Raiders and he gets 40% of the targets, this is going to be a good week for him. Feel good about it. Texans defense. Hello. Mm. I love it. Um, they looked great. You know, and again, they're, you know, Yes, they were playing the happy, you know, turnover, happy Redskins, but they're also going up against, you know, the Raiders, and the Raiders are able to get six points against Oakland, so I'm pretty sure Hughes can get at least six points. Don't expect 20, but expect at least six. And that was another good feel-good of the week, too, was with uh, J.J. Watt. 
Did you guys hear that? About how he signed the $100 million contract. And then he Googled, what do rich people buy? He's like, I don't, I've never been rich, so I don't know what rich people buy. He goes, so I Googled <laughs> it, and I didn't really like the answers I saw. So I'm just going to keep living my humble lifestyle and working out. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I love That's it. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I That's love him. Nice. He and I should get married. Just saying. Because um, his box <laughs> jump is insane. Have you seen him do a box jump? Amazing. Amazing. Really, it's a shocker. Yes. He, I keep forgetting what box, box jump means. It's like, they have like a Just box kidding. and you, oh, I was like, I was yeah. like it's oh. like a box and, and then you like jump. It was going to be my, my definition <laughs> of it. I was like, they didn't do a whole lot of box jumping in palms, Brandon, but yes, it's a box you jump on. I did and theater. Did, <laughs> yeah. I did music theater. We don't That's have good. box jumpers on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Oh, that's good. Um, he's fantastic. He's the leader of that defense. The defense is great. They're going to do well. Start him. Uh, gut calls DeAndre Hopkins. So we have him ranked number 30. Um, my Another one thing, of my sleepers. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he had 89-yard catch. He had a touchdown. It was a beautiful, beautiful pass from Fitzy. Um, the question will be, again, if he just gets another ball like that because he wasn't targeted a whole, whole lot. But, you know, um, because Fitzy only threw 22 times, period, all game. That ain't great. So that's why Fitzy is on my bench. But he only had two points less than Drew Brees. I will point that out. But still, he's on the bench of the week. So don't, don't be tempted by that glorious beard. Keep, keep, mm. him, keep him around the pen. The Oakland Raiders. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I'm not going to talk about anybody because, you know, it's really kind of pointless. Except Rod Streeter, my sleeper of last year that never awoken uh, he yeah he came he came he came out to play today guys or last week 46 yards and a touchdown james jones james jones excuse me had a touchdown as well it's very exciting i love it i'm not putting any money on it that's going to happen again this week or next week after that or blah 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 I mean, it, you know they're boomer bus players so i'm not going to risk it running backs the same situation Derek Carr, same situation. Michael Rivera is their tight end, same situation. And we're done. Good luck, Oakland Raiders. Yay! <laughs> New York Jets against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I was hoping that those Raiders would be as exciting as the Jags and the Buffs, but um, didn't it work does. out. Didn't work out. No, uh, but they were also going up against my New York Jets, and that's part of the reason because I actually believe in the Jets a little bit. Am I right, ladies? Am I right? I'm right. I'm, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I love you, some Rex Ryan, always. Okay, but, but the but, Texans are good too. That's why I'm thinking Oakland has no chance this week either. So, yeah, and so on the no chance, I, I'm not going to say anyone has no chance, but the Jets are going to Green Bay, so it's a thing. But I will say. Two Chris's is are better than one. Chris Cross will make you <laughs> jump, jump. We got a Chris well, well played, Brandon. Well played. Uh huh. Uh huh. Both of them were top ten running backs last week. You heard me. Two running backs from the Jets. Yeah, top ten. And I'm just saying, Ivory ten carries, 102 yards, one touchdown, but zero catches. Fabulous. Uh, And then Chris Johnson, 13 carries for 68 yards, and then caught five passes for 23 yards and a touchdown from the pass. So not bad. Sexy Rexy's back to the ground and pound. I'm into it. 
Got calls. Eric Decker, a little bit of a letdown, but he was the number one targeted receiver on the team. They just didn't need to because the two crisscrosses were just crisscrossing around the field. So they didn't need to throw to him. Sorry. But he caught five of his seven targets for 74 yards. PPR, great. Add a touchdown to that. He's in the top 20 wide receivers. So... Let's hope for touchdown. Benchwarmers, Jeff Cumberland. I just want to remind you that Jason Morrow isn't doing anything. So, also, <laughs> I wouldn't start the Jets' defense against the Packers at home after they've been humiliated in Seattle. Just putting that out there. Although I do believe in the Jets' defense in general. Um, Green Bay. Okay, listen. Aaron Rodgers, this was the worst-case scenario. Game one in yeah. Seattle. It's the worst possible case scenario, and he still got 10 fantasy points. It wasn't great, but it happened. So um, have no fear. Play him. Be happy. He did complete 71.9% of his passes. They just didn't pass much. They really depended on the, the run game and and and, and nothing Lacey else. got hurt. Yeah. yeah. However, somehow Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb were still stud muffins. Yeah. So they're matchup proof, whatever. Also, Eddie Lacy is supposedly um, better. He didn't practice today, but supposedly he looks good to start on um, uh, in the game. So I would say start with no problem. He actually looked great until he got hurt. If he doesn't play, James Starks is a fabulous handcuff. Got calls, Jarrett Boykin. As I said, reverse defense is what they did. They literally knew they weren't going to throw to him the whole game. That was the game plan. Don't read into that. Don't drop him. He is a guy that you want on your team. As far as bench warmers, both tight ends. They started Richard Rodgers, but then he got hurt, so Andrew Corliss is the only person that caught passes. Either way, you don't want any of that. Oh, insane. Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. All I can keep thinking right now is, a daddy make will make you jump, jump. Terrible. All year, Jets. I had but. I had my overalls that I crisscrossed back in the day. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't sure even know how else to wear overalls. Yeah. Nope. It's the only way. Uh, Chiefs. This is a little bit complicated, right? Because Jamal Charles. Wah, wah. Mm. Total letdown. Two points he got you. Two points. So <laughs> that's a problem. And I will say, who would have ever thought that Bo not being there could cause such a nightmare for a team? Unbelievable. Because Dwayne Bowe doesn't even catch all that many balls, but there's got to be some sort of chemistry with him on the field because when he was not there, it was ugly. Ugly for all aspects of the game. So, But he's coming back, right? He's coming back with the Chiefs against the Broncos. So it's we'll not Bowe, though. It's that offensive line. That's why Courtney didn't it's, want him to be the number one person. Well, yeah, and I'll I tell know. you, in our family league, he fell to me at pick number five, and I was angry about it. I was like, I don't want him. But I feel like I can't pass him up. you got to take your running back. You know, and my dad picked Peyton Manning with the first pick overall. And I was that like, was insane. God, why did this have to happen? He's, it's the only league I have him in, and I was, I was angry about it because the offensive line is bad, and I said it. They're bad. They're bad, but here's the issue. It was Donnie Avery literally was dropping balls in his hands on the numbers. It was heinous. He and Eddie heinous. Royal need to be heinous. like, I don't even know. Like, there are times where stats don't say things, right? Because those stats would go to Alex Smith as far as interceptions. And, and Which whatnot, was not right? fair. But it's not fair because you're watching this game and you're like, what just happened? What is going on? And that's not even an offensive line woe. That is literally receivers not running routes properly, dropping balls that are in their hands. You know, I, I ooh. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's bad. Well, that's why you shouldn't rely on somebody like a Donnie Avery to be your first wide receiver. Yeah, you know? well, that's I mean, why I didn't even rank him. We, we, we didn't even rank him, right? Because we're like, don't fill him in. Because as it is, Bo is already suspect. And then you want to throw Donnie Avery in? Forget about it. But Bo's we're coming done. back now about that whole rant. But he's coming back, and hopefully that's going to bring a little bit more chemistry to the team. Uh, I will say in my gut calls, Anthony Fasano and then Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, did Fasano get targeted much? No. Did he convert the three catches he did make to ten, over 10 yards apiece? Yeah, so that's encouraging. And the Broncos, of, of all their aspects of the game, defending the tight end was their weakest part last year. Um, we really haven't seen how much they've actually fixed that, you know, this year. So of any positions, they would be the one to actually possibly do something. Uh, I've got Dwayne Bow as my gut call, only because historically he actually does pretty well. In his past five visits, he's averaged only a little bit less than 90 yards each of those games. So he just he just does well here. So if you're going to play him, this would be one of the games to play him in. Mm. And then on my bench, I've got the Chiefs defense. You know, the Colts scored negative one points against the Broncos. The Chiefs aren't going to be any different. Um, just don't even don't go there. For the Denver Broncos, your must-starts. Peyton Manning, Monty Ball, Manuel Sanders. These are givens. Uh, the two I'll talk about is Demarius Thomas. So it was kind of a rough game for Thomas. I hate um, him. It was, it was rough. You know, it's kind of like the Des Bryant <laughs> situation where your, your stud's letting you down. Because he also was dropping some balls in his hands. Yes, he was. I, I don't know what was going on with that, but he was literally dropping passes that he should be catching. So, it was week one. It was week one. Yeah, he's going to bounce back. You know, Demarius has averaged over 100 yards in each of his four mat- meetings with the Chiefs, and he has scored two touchdowns out of those four games. So, you know, these are good numbers. Feel encouraged. He's going to bounce back. Julius Thomas had a crazy game, right? Three touchdowns, 28 total points, 140 yards on seven catches. I mean, he had a crazy game. Don't expect 30 points this week, but he'll still have a fantastic game. He's a must-start. My gut call, because I don't have any on the bench, would be the Broncos' defense. And I feel a little bit torn on this one. What? Because you so love I, Alex Smith. No, no, Barf. no, no. Listen, hear me out, though. Hear me out. So this is a tough <laughs> call because the Chiefs looked, you know, so bad last week, right? So you're going to want to be tempted to start the Broncos defense on that alone. You know, and then, you know, the Broncos are much better defense this year, so it's going to be hard to look historically. But if you did look up at the recent matchups over the last few years when Andy Reid was a coach, it's actually not a good matchup for the Broncos, first of all. You know, mm-hmm. and Alex Smith throwing three picks and only throwing for 202 yards is also going to want to sway you to start the Broncos, and I understand that. Um, you know, and the Titans being able to completely shut down the run, yeah, that's another reason to want to start them. But again, I can't fault you, and I, and I get why you want to start him, but historically they don't do super great against the Chiefs, and I really do think Jamal Charles is going to bounce back this game. So I they'll still put up decent numbers, but I don't think it's going to be as fantastic as people think it's going to be. They're projected only four points. Number ranked defense of week two. My prediction. Chiefs are going down. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, and I have, I have Jamal Charles, so I need him to do something, but the rest of the team's a hot mess. Uh, Chicago Bears at San Francisco 49ers. So these are two teams that got shocked in completely different ways. Chicago Bears underestimated the Buffalo Bills from the get-go. Completely. It was it was bizarre. It was like they didn't even game plan for them. It was very weird. And then the 49ers underestimated how terrible the Cowboys were. So actually, their uh, fantasy players did not actually produce. So it, 
I can't really say a whole lot about either team because I feel like the game plans were actually so bad. And you know Mark Trustman's my boyfriend. Jim Harbaugh is not. But I will say that I was I was surprised by both of their game plans in this very weird way as far as fantasy is concerned. So a little bit of this feels preseason-y, so it's going to be a little light on the analysis to give you the best analysis, frankly. Other than Matt Forte is the bomb. I do not think... I've always said, oh, you know, he's my boyfriend, whatever. But I want to take a moment and tell you, I watched tape of that game with the Buffalo Bills and the Chicago Bears. Matt Forte made his fantasy performance look simple. He makes it look easy. People don't understand how amazing he is. So I just want to tell you, he rushed for 87 yards and 17 carries, caught eight passes for 87 yards, and it looked like he was barely in the game. Get it. Brandon Marshall, no-brainer, right? Now, listen, he didn't practice today due to an ankle injury, but he did come back and play through it. He's going to be fine. However, Alshon Jeffrey is questionable. You need to check your injury report on him. He may not play, literally, due to a hamstring injury. He did not come back into the game. Keep your eye on that report. Got calls. Jay Cutler. Well, welcome back, Jay Cutler. You definitely cutlered us. Yes, you did. Classic. Two interceptions. Classic, classic Cutler, but he did have 349 passing yards and two touchdowns. So that's why he still was a top guy. So whatever. Martellus Bennett, Cutler actually uh, targeted him a lot more than McCown, which is something that I kind of missed in my analysis when I went back and I looked at it. I was like, you know, he might be a top 10 guy the rest of the way. We have him 18 because San Francisco was pretty great on defense uh, last week, but we might move him up. Just put it out there. Um, ben Schwarmer is at the Bears defense. Heinous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dynasty is over. The, the Bills basically gave them the one sack and one interception that they had, like gift wrapped. So I wouldn't, no fly zone. We're done. San Francisco 49ers, Vernon Davis. Thank you, everyone who let him drop to me. I picked him up in tons of leagues in like the seventh round. You guys yeah. are just freaking crazy. Moving on. I'm not even going to get into that. Two touchdowns, it's, it is what it is. San Francisco defense, it didn't look like their star players were out to me. I don't know about you ladies, but it looked fine. I don't know if that's Dallas or San Francisco, but it's a thing. Frank Gore. Yeah, seriously. No, it is. It's good. It's good. And Arizona like, looked good for, for being, you know. I think the up. freaking out went way overboard. Um Frank Gore, I, I don't know if I need to freak out or not yet because it was such a weird game. They didn't even need to run. They didn't even have the ball. He did have 16 carries to Carlos Hyde's seven, so that's a positive, but I don't even know. I've, I'm going to wait for judgment until next week. Colin Kaepernick, I'm sorry. You had a you had a, a matchup against Dallas, and you're still the number 15 fantasy quarterback. I don't know, you guys. I don't think he's going to be a top-ten guy this year. I'm not even quite sure he's going to be a top 15. I've never said he's going to be a top 10 guy. No, but I mean, like, a lot of people have. So just putting that out there, that's what he did, you guys. These are the same people that have no Sean Marino ranked 40. Correct. Yeah, same people. He only rushed for three (laughs) yards. So you tell me he's a Russian quarterback, he rushed for three yards. That's ten times less than Carson Palmer. That's the same amount as I think Peyton Manning had more than three (laughs) yards, actually. I can't seriously. Car- yeah, yeah. Carson Ball- Palmer totally blew him away when it comes to. <laughs> so uh, Anquan Bolden also 
Hello. Right. He's really good opening weekends, though. He is, This is his thing. Yeah. So I don't know what that is about. He but. is the best receiver on that team. Can I have a rant for a second here? I don't understand why everyone's so afraid of Anquan Bolden. No, you're not. Allowed he's to have the, the most consistent <laughs> receiver. He's far. I'm sorry. He is much more consistent than Michael Crabtree ever has been and ever will be. Well, my bench warmer is Michael Crabtree, and my notes are he had no impact on this game whatsoever, and I won't play him until I see a series change. Sorry. Thank you. I'm done. Bam. Bam. We like 49er fans, though, guys, just so you know. Just not Yes. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, I love Vernon Davis and your defense. I just think that fantasy-wise, we have some issues. And I like Anquan Bolden. And Anquan Bolden, yeah. yes, we do like him. Yeah, Anyone go. that plays with a busted jaw with a, and it plays with a wire respect. shut, respect. 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 Monday night football. Philadelphia Eagles at the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. I'm going to make this uh, as, as succinct as I can. Nick Foles. I know. I know, you guys. Two interceptions, one fumble in the first half. Absolutely. The problem is, or the good part is, I should say, He's in a Chip Kelly offense, and even with that, he's still a top guy, okay? He still came back and got you your fantasy points. It's the system. I'm not telling you I love Nick Foles. I'm telling you I love Chip Kelly. Get over it. It is what it is. Even if he sucks, he's going to be a fantasy starter. Get Uh over it. Uh LaShawn McCoy, number one ranked running back. I'm not quite sure about that because he only had 3.5 yards per carry average. Um, and it was Colts, a weird game. Again, it was a weird game. It was a weird game. game. And Jacksonville's much better than we think they are. Just putting that out there. But um, the good news is Jeremy Macklin. Welcome back, yeah. baby. You and Floyd were my little babies. Gosh, and I love that so, you both produced. You both so produced. So open. So open on that pass. So open. Uh, and they're going to keep leaving him open because there's so many weapons. And by that, I mean Zach Ertz. Hello, Zach Ertz. As I said, two tight end sets all over the place. He and Brent Selleck got four targets each. Still, guys, yeah, Brent Selleck's amazing. Get over it. Got calls. Darren Sproles also was awesome. He actually was a higher scoring running back than LeSean McCoy last week. I'm not saying that's how it's going to be normally because he had this crazy, crazy play crazy where he got run. a touchdown. Yeah. Um, that's not going to happen every week. But I will say he is another weapon. This is what I'm talking about the Chip Kelly offense. It's not about the players, it's about the system. Play them all. That's right. In fact, Jordan Matthews and Riley Cooper were big disappointments last week. This week, they're going to bounce back. I have no problems. The only person I'm putting on the is the Eagles because I'm not going to start any defense against Andrew Luck. All what? season. No, because Andrew Luck is the man. The man. The man. The man. I think he had over 26 points last week. I don't, I don't know. 370 yards Love. passing, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Yet he still yep. had so much. It was just amazing against a good defense. So Denver I, looked I've, way oh, better. Way better. They looked way better. Thank you know? God. And thank God. Yeah. Um, but I've always been on the luck train. I drafted him in several of my uh, Me too. leagues. I love him. I just love him. I can't help it. Brandon loves the neck beard. I do, too. He's in, like, um, 50% of my leagues. He's a goodie. He's yeah. a goodie. He is a goodie. <laughs> He's excellent. Um, Reggie Wayne. We have him ranked 29th. He had nine receptions for 98 yards. Hey. Not bad. And. Yeah, and Philadelphia gives up, well, they did last week, the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. So I'm, I'm in. I'm 
kind of really in. I'm actually really into Hakeem Nix this week. Woo! You know... Another one of my sleepers. I'm telling you. Do you guys follow Pissed Coughlin <laughs> on Twitter at all? Yes. Did you see his tweet about Hakeem Nix, Courtney? You'd hate no. it because you love Hakeem Nix. He's like, Hakeem Nix has not caught a touchdown in 26 million blah, blah, blah plays. And then, like, literally five plays later, Hakeem Nix caught a pass. Caught a touchdown. And, and, sorry, touchdown. And literally the, the tweet just said, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> I love it was amazing. That's the thing. Hakeem Nix, uh, who did he play for before he came to the Colts? Uh, the Giants. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe that was the problem. Okay, let's uh-huh, all be honest uh-huh. here. Maybe that was the problem. Now he plays for the Colts. He's the third wide receiver on the depth chart. And he's going to be open, you guys. Defenses yep. can't cover everybody. They're going to stick with T.Y. and Reggie. And Hakeem is just going to be running all over the place. So I love Hakeem this week. I just, I just really enjoy him. I also like him on Bradshaw. Three carries for 15 yards. I mean, his numbers didn't look good, but he looked kind of good, you know? Yeah. And, and nobody can trust Trent really Richardson. Good. Yeah, so I feel like Hamad Bradshaw is somebody that's going to be coming in at the end. So uh, I'm, I'm into that. And, and bench warmers, you know, I don't really have any. So go Colts. <laughs> go Colts. Go Colts. And go Chip Kelly. Go Jags. And go, yeah. And go I'm, Bills. I'm okay with Eagles, too. Go Eagles. I mean, you know what? Go both of you. And nobody watched the Bears or Niners game. Kidding. Oh. Kidding. I probably will not be watching uh, Thursday night's game because it's the premiere of The Biggest Loser. And, you know, if I'm going to pick Biggest Loser, Baltimore Ravens, I'm going to go with The Biggest Loser. So there you go. I'm making my statement known now. <laughs> now. Should have kicked him out of the NFL at the beginning of all of this. All right. That's it. That's all. Well, that was a good shot, ladies. Thank you. Very fun we got week there. two. Hopefully won't be as weird as week one. We've got stats now, now, and that's always exciting. So, yay, yay, yay. Come check us out at HerFantasyFootball.com and on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. Also, uh, we write an article and do a video for ESPNW every week, so come check us out over there. Until next week, no more faking it.